0: i'm bob brill he's eric kramer welcome to kramer and brill fantasy football podcast for me you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports from Eric, you get the kind of knowledge and the insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. a Top-notch quarterback with the Bears and Lions and Chargers, he's been there, lends his first-hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. You can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website. It's easy. Just go to KramerandBrill.com and the podcasts are listed right there on the podcast page and you can just find them. Also, by clicking at the top of the homepage, check it out, kramerandbrill.com. So let me introduce you, uh, my friend, my colleague, and my co-host, Eric Kramer. Wow, week 15's in the books, guys.
1: <laughs> and what could be more fun than talking a little football? Uh, oh, I know, if the Bears had won, that would have been the
0: there. Fun. You go. you know, uh, Yeah, They've been up and down all year.
1: Mostly down, but yeah, unfortunately that's been the case. Yeah, you were looking for a really great year this year, too. I mean, it well, was like looking really and, hot. Right, and here was the 200th meeting between the Bears and the Packers this past weekend in the 100th year anniversary of the NFL, taking place in Green Bay in just a disaster.
0: I'll tell you, it was um, kind of a wild weekend for me, too, of course, my Steelers. You know, uh, they've been on a winning streak, and they just offensively just looked not good this week, you know. I think uh, Dak Hodges showed that he was a young quarterback who just didn't have it—the uh, experience to c- overcome some things. And they—they uh, they needed a win, but they're still on the hunt. Uh, are Your
1: Bears still on the hunt. They're still on the hunt too, right? I think it's basketball season in Chicago. <laughs> now. But you know what? what is, you know, um, Delvin Hodges and being a rookie quarterback—it's happening around the league, not just to him. But when you get in there long enough, you're going to have at least a bad game and usually many more than that. Look at Kyler Murray, Kyle Allen. Um, It takes some time to be consistent. Gardner Minshew. Gardner It takes some time through a 16-game season as a rookie quarterback to be showing up every single week and looking like a veteran. That just doesn't happen. So you're going to have a bad game or two. This has happened to be Hodges. What
0: did you do in your rookie year? What 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 kind of uh, challenges did you face? You can relate <laughs> to these guys and relate to our audience here.
1: Well, I really can't because my first year I, was, I tried out with the Saints as an undrafted free agent and got released. Then was back in school at North Carolina State helping out coach, which is what I thought I was going to do. And then all of a sudden in 1987, about two games into the season, the NFL strikeout. So I played in three strike games. Right. They ended up keeping me afterward. The Falcons did, but I didn't play anymore that season. So I didn't really have a rookie year uh, after the strike season. So then the next year I got cut and went up to Canada and played a few games up there. And following the year came back and blew a knee out. So mine was sort of a little rocky road, all a roundabout way to do this whole thing. <laughs> <route>. Yes, eventually <laughs> landing back with the Lions and things went from well from there. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's, it's a long growth process. And sometimes, you know, you step in, like a guard Minshew this year, and things take off, and then all of a sudden, you hit a wall. And that happens.
0: Yeah, and you identify more as a bear than a lion or a falcon or any of those things, I think
1: so. I mean, just uh, Chicago was the one team that actively recruited me to play. It was kind of like being when NC State recruited me out of Virginia College. That was the one time that... That was the one and only time up until then when someone recruited me to play and going to play for the Bears was kind of like that.
0: All right. Okay, well, you know, week 15 of the books. Let's take a look at how we did, and as in many cases, the playoffs began. And for some of us, the mustache is gone. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say yeah. something. <laughs> I'll let you bring it up. It yeah, well, one, you know, man. it was uh, one of those. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here. But, uh, as you go deep into the playoffs in fantasy, uh, some of us have ended the run. I was there until the end, if not for the review of that Julio Jones catch at the end of the Niners game, which was turned into a touchdown. I may have pulled it off. It was that close. That and McV-
1: Which, is really, Austin Hooper... On the play before, that should have been a rule to catch. Well, you know,
0: this was such a bizarre game. This whole weekend was crazy. You know, I mean, what really killed me here's the thing it killed me. I was two points back. I still had um, three players left. In the Pittsburgh game, I had, uh, well, two players left. I had the defense and I had um, uh, James Washington. And I'm figuring, okay, I just need to stay and pace. You know, it's going to be a, a low-scoring game, but we'll see what happens. So but what really killed me is, you know, the um, McVeigh leaving Gurley and Goff in at the end of the Rams game, down by 30 points in a meaningless game. I lost by just 10 points. And what happened was my opponent had Gurley. So at the end of the game, there's less than two minutes left of the game. Gurley, He's got Gurley in, and he leaves Goff in, and Gurley goes for the touchdown. So there's six points. And then he goes for the two points. And I'm sitting there saying, no, 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 don't do this. And my heart jumped when Gurley dropped the pass, and it didn't work. And then the penalty. And they did it again, and he went back to Gurley. And I'm sitting there. Of, hey, what do you, you got, money on this game? <laughs> you know, what do you, you got, players in this game? Uh, it's your fantasy team, right? You got, you got um, uh, what's his name, who I just talked about? Goff. Uh, Goff and also uh, Gurley in the game, the two Gs, and you got him in your fantasy league? I, I, that's the only thing I could figure. And they both go in less than two minutes. They're down by 30 points, and he's still got these guys in, especially Goff. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, especially uh, Gurley, because, uh, you know, Gurley's been off and on injured. You know, I'm thinking, okay, he's got to save him. But uh, then... In the in the uh, Pittsburgh game, I had the two, uh, I had the defense, and I had um, Washington, and I still would have won if uh, Duck had seen Washington wide open five yards from the end zone, and he didn't <laughs> even look over
1: there. And I still would have pulled the game out. So now, it's I amazing how much these NFL coaches don't pay attention to NFL fantasy. I, I tell you, it.
0: you know, it's important. Mm-hmm. It really is. We, you know, fantasy makes more money than most teams. <laughs> okay. Anyway, with all that uh, set aside, uh, the mustache is is gone. I'm back to normal, and uh, it's one week away. It was a big day for big players. Uh, super, do- super close games with a, a lot of playoff implications. Uh, stepping up were big were Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, James Winston, or Jameis Winston, uh, Kenyon Drake, Patrick Mahomes, Zeke Elliott, uh, Shaquan Barkley, Sicon Barkley, and Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders. Uh, little guys who stepped up to make uh, big contributions were Richard Perriman, who we talked about last week, yep. Eli Manning, uh, Jamison Crowder, and Tyler Higbee, who we also talked about last week. Other big players who did Didn't fare well, included Derek Carr, Todd Gurley, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady. Phillip Rivers, Josh Jacobs, and Stephon Diggs. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was in there, too. Devonta Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Jarvis Landry, and David Montgomery. So let's get right to how we did for you. Guys we liked who paid off were Jameis Winston. 458 yards, four touches. Lamar Jackson, 212 with five TDs. Tannehill with 279 and three scores. We really liked Wentz this week, and his 266 and three scores. And no picks were really solid. I liked Manning against Miami. at had 283 and two scores. That was solid. We liked Winston, Ryan, and Mayfield, as well as Trubisky, who had 334 in a score. We also like Carson Hyde who had 104 in a score. Other running backs we liked were Sanders had 19 for 122 and a score with another TD to go with his six catches. We like Carson for sure with 133 and a pair of touchdowns. Ingram with his 76 and two scores as well as Mixon who did not score but had 136. On the receiving side we liked Julio and his 134 and 13 with a pair of scores awesome 20 targets that's uh, you know we talked about this last week how that they would probably step it up because uh ridley was going to be out he'd probably targeted more 20 targets eric liked the uh, paramon who had three tds and 113 on five catches as well as anthony miller with 19 for 118 and a touch uh pretty much all of our uh, recommended wide outs were over the top for the day uh same with tight ends we said to book uh higby uh, again and 12 catches and 111 yards was so solid again uh, three straight 100-plus games for the Ram tight end. Uh, Kittle and Kelsey had 24 catches between them for 276. Ertz was one of the few with a TD. Um, uh, guys, we, did, uh, we said not to play who fell in line were Austin Hooper, three catches for 20 yards. Odell Beckham was 66 on eight. Edelman and two catches for nine yards. And there were several we liked uh, who did not make the grade, including Zay Jones, Dede Westbrook, and Deebo Samuel. Now, who figures Kenyon Drake for 137 and four touchdowns? Uh, while we like Derrick Henry, he had a pedestrian day with 86 and no touches. Uh, David Johnson's been a stay away with only six yards, showed us we were right there. Uh, while the quarterbacks we did not like who didn't show up as well were Kyler Murray, Sam Darnold, Aaron Rodgers, Brady,
1: and Hodges. Uh, so, uh, surprises and
0: disappointments for you this
1: week? Well, I already said one huge disappointment. That was the Bears' loss, which really, if you go back with one second left, the Bears. Had the ball, maybe with the 35 yard line or so of the, of the Packers. And Trubisky throws a short pass, and they start what looks to be this lateral game, reminiscent of the Cal Stanford game years ago. And uh, so the ball starts getting flipped around, and laterals ensue. And Jesper uh, Horstad Horst, gets the, um, the ball, and he's running the five yard line. And he's about to get tackled and does not see Allen Robinson to his right, who nobody's around. All they had to flip the ball and Allen Robinson walks in the end zone. Down by eight, that would have given him a touchdown. They possibly make the two-point play and tie the game center in overtime. Didn't happen because Horstead didn't see Allen Robinson. So that's, in addition to the 59 minutes and 59 seconds before that, it was a very frustrating outcome. But, um, you know, I think... One of the things that has stood out to me now, you know, kind of these last two or three weeks, uh, Trubisky starts to play a little bit better and everyone gets a little hope. And then even though numbers-wise he had a productive game, fantasy-wise, but production-wise as the quarterback of the Bears, he did not come through on a number of key times during the game. And it's just I think the Bears have to really look hard in this offseason is is Trubisky the guy for the future? Because in my opinion, it looks not to be the case. I've heard some people say, well, okay, then if you, if you go away from Trubisky, then who do you got? doesn't matter. I mean, go find somebody. Mm-hmm. It might not be, you might not find the answer to Trubisky, or you might not find the answer to long-term who's the quarterback of the future for the Bears. All of a sudden, that might take another year or so. So you get somebody in there that can fill the gap in between. But I think to keep riding Trubisky year after year, I think is going to end in disappointment. Um, and yeah. there's
0: some good guys coming up. Uh, the, the new wave of quarterbacks that, that fall into the line of um, uh, um, uh, all the, the guys who are very mobile. You know, uh, yeah. e- even uh, the guy from Buffalo, you know, right, uh, Josh, Allen. Josh. Yeah. And and I mean, we've got all these really mobile quarterbacks who are coming up uh, through the college ranks yeah. who are NFL ready. And, 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 and Trubisky's had some of that, too. I mean, I don't see him uh, as, as being uh, like uh, uh, guys like Baltimore or um, uh, even, uh, like we said, Buffalo or uh, uh, Houston, where, where they have quarterbacks that are really, really mobile. Yep. But guys that are really mobile, like Kyler Murray and, Murray and some of these guys are coming up, they're they're out there, and that is, seems to be the new wave.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and now this weekend, you know, we're going to get a view of the Bears playing the Chiefs. So, the the guy, one of the guys that the Bears passed up on to get to Brisky <laughs> was Patrick Mahomes. Right. Well, now here they're going to be on the field at the same time, this coming Sunday or Saturday, I guess. So, uh, and I think you know, just looking around the league, um, James White has stood out to me as a guy that. New England doesn't have a lot of answers offensively, but he is one guy you can tell that they're crafting plays for. Mm-hmm. They ran a screen pass to him down in the red zone this past weekend, which against the Cincinnati Bengals, which he took across and scored. And you can tell that you know he's got good balance, he's got good vision. Obviously, he's fantastic uh, dual threat running back, not only as a running back but as a receiver out of the backfield as well. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think hopefully this isn't overstating the obvious, but what an awesome season this guy's had Mm -hmm. because he's done it all with no quarterback. I mean, Kyle Allen played well for a few weeks, but there's no other weapons around Christian McCaffrey, and he's leading the league in yards from scrimmage this year. So I think, um, you know, uh, there are, you know, another guy that reminds me of uh, Christian McCaffrey is Austin Eckler. He doesn't get quite the volume of carries, and receptions that McCaffrey does because he's got a split time with Melvin Gordon. But uh, I think Melvin Gordon is kind of getting in the way of what Austin Ethel could provide to the Chargers. So, um, you know, and as we talked about, there's some quarterbacks, not just Trubisky, but some other ones that are proving to be disappointed. And I mentioned earlier, some of these younger quarterbacks, they're hitting that part in the season where it's the, the length of the season, I think, is starting to catch up with them. Mm-hmm.
0: On the injury front, let's take a look at this. The big one, Delvin Cook of the Vikings, who went out in the third quarter, and I know of at least one case where that cost a playoff game for a team. Chris Godwin is a, has a hamstring injury. Mike Evans a hamstring. Adam Humphrey's an ankle. Trey Quinn, a concussion. Paul Richardson went out on IR. Alden Tate went on IR. Ricky Seals-Jones, a shoulder. J.D. McKissick, a neck. Uh, Bo Scarborough, ribs. Kenyon Johnson finally went on IR, uh, as did Marvin Jones. Uh, DJ Clark, uh, an ankle problem. Damian Williams, ribs. Ryan Griffin, IR. Hunter Renfro, Jordan Howard with a shoulder. Nelson Aguilar, a knee. Alshon Jeffrey, we mentioned last week, went on IR. Juju Smith-Schuster, still out. Vance McDonald, concussion. He's still out. And tight end Garrett Selleck uh, uh, on IR. Marquise Goodwin on IR. And Richard Penny, knee uh, ACL. He is on IR. So uh, it's it's looking you know, with two games left in the season, a lot of key players have gone down. And we're seeing guys uh, getting to fill roles. I know with the Steelers, I-, I see every week there's somebody who comes up for one week and he goes, yep. he's gone, yep. you know. And just to fill roles. And at this point in the season, uh, would you say this is more normal
1: than abnormal? With the injuries that are going on? Yeah. I think it's more normal. This is sort of, um, you know, you hear this term thrown around describing the NFL season it's a 16 game season and as a player when you're in the middle of it it can feel like a marathon when you get to that last month in December there's not a lot of juice left in your legs yeah. or you're kind of banged up week to week and you never feel good a day at all in a seven days week and you find, kind of feel sort of good enough to play a game on Sunday but that's it and then uh, so I think it's this is sort of the time of the season where you do see some of these injuries. I'm not going to say that they're all due necessarily to fatigue, but you get enough reps in this game, and it's just bound to happen. I mean, your joints aren't meant to bend all, you know, all over the place. Uh, and but those are the type of hits you're going to take over the course of a season, and then multiple seasons. These these are things that happen.
0: Is that a case for shortening the season?
1: I don't think so, because I think the case for not shortening the season, what the owners really care about, is uh, ticket sales. Yeah. And if anything, the season's going to get longer, not shorter, over time.
0: Yeah, well, you know, there's always been talk of uh, eliminating the preseason. Right. You know, which, if you eliminate the preseason, how do you really evaluate players? You know, maybe, maybe you could make it a couple of games shorter, but then what's two games? You know?
1: Well, I think... Okay, so in my experience of playing on teams, I think most everybody, players included, coaches included, know who's going to make the team before training camp ever rolls around. And once you get through training camp, uh, there might be two or three or four guys that jump out and say, oh, I didn't see this months before. Mm -hmm. But most of the time you kind of have a feel for who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. But I think you've got... Nowadays, you don't really have any contact anymore in practice. You've got maybe what three weeks before the first preseason game mm-hmm. comes around, so you've got all off season. You've got three solid weeks of training camp. You've got if you ha- if you cut the four season pre preseason games down to two, I think that would give plenty of opportunities for guys to show what they can do to make a team because you're really only talking about three or four, maybe five guys right. that you have question marks about.
0: Trending down this week: Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Duck Rogers. Trending up this week: Julio Jones, Tyler Higbee, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, Josh Allen, and James Winston.
1: I would say Drew Brees. Throw him in there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know it was you last time him anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the guy just set the, the all-time NFL touchdown passing record.
0: Twenty-nine of thirty attempts. That completed. wasn't a bad day. Oh my gosh. Um, Let's go to the waiver wire and the players you should look at this week. Nick Vanette is playing a bigger role in Pittsburgh with McDonald out with several picks this week against Buffalo. Uh, Catches, I mean. Uh, Mason Rudolph may be in the mix again. Definitely look at uh, Mike Boone in Minnesota. And Cook is uh, out with uh, his Boone looks good, even Uh, though at the time he was
1: scoring touchdowns, you could kind of see the charges kind of shut things down a little bit. Yeah, but still, Boone's an explosive-looking runner.
0: I should say this about Mason Rudolph. I just found out uh, today, Mike Tomlin named him the starter for this coming week. So, uh, I mean, not uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, um, Duck Hodges has been named the starter for the coming week. So Mason Rudolph is on the bench, but uh, I wouldn't uh, put it past him to bring him in at some point if uh, if Duck continues to throw interceptions like he did this last week. Uh, let's see. Um, so, uh, Cook is out, uh, 56 yards and two touchdowns will draw attention for uh, Mike Boone. Uh, Richard Paraben uh, and uh, Goodwin, injured, uh, will continue to get looks as he had 113 and two touchdowns this week. Demetrius Harris in Cleveland is worth a look with Seals Jones going down. Uh, running back West Hills in Detroit had a pair of touchdowns, and everyone is hurt in Detroit, so uh, expect him to see some action. C.J. Precise in Seattle is in up Carson now, so he is also worth a look. Before we get to the games... Uh, I want to mention that um I know a lot of folks, uh, this is the end of their fantasy season. Uh, don't uh, not tune into us because we're going to carry on through uh, the uh, the playoffs because there's a lot of action a lot of people will move from their fantasy games to FanDuel and other things, so you want to stick with us. And then, once the season's over, we're going to do a recap and then we'll be looking at, uh, every couple of weeks, we'll be doing something to keep your interest. Uh, we'll be looking at the NFL draft, uh, of course, uh, how that has an impact on fantasy. We'll also be looking at uh, some things in the past that happened in uh, in the NFL and fantasy and uh, how, how uh, if you play uh, Stratomatic or if you play um, some of the other games out there some of the things we, we'll want to look at and uh, we'll also be looking at the college ranks uh, as uh, we get ready for the college draft uh, we'll be talking about that Eric will be joining me on, on, on um, some of those and we'll be before we get geared up for the new NFL uh, season and of course we'll also be looking at uh, a, sort of a recap on a, in a couple of weeks where we'll be talking about uh, what uh, NFL teams really need as they move forward and what kind of changes we can expect to see. So stick with us uh, after the season. Don't let us, don't just go away and uh, uh, forget about us. We'll we'll be here every couple of weeks uh, doing uh, our fantasy football podcast. So let's get to the games. No Thursday night game, but we do have three on Saturday. Texans at Buccaneers, two dynamic quarterbacks and the way he's playing, you have to start Winston and Watson is solid as well. Kenny Stills has been strong as Hopkins and Hyde. Fuller has been up and down the Bucks are fighting some injuries, so keep an eye on Godwin and he has a hammy problem and Evans looks out too, but Perriman is uh, is a start
1: this week. I never thought I'd be saying this. Ever. What's but Jameis Winston is solid. I know. Right? I mean <laughs> I know. Looking yeah. at his numbers this morning, he's thrown four hundred and fifty forty five hundred yards yeah. already. Yeah. So he's gonna probably hit five thousand yards before the season's over. Uh if it wasn't for the uh, interceptions. I think he's a solid start every single week. It's just that every now and then, he just like even just started this pass game off against the Lions with an interception on the very first series, and then played fantastic after that. But if he can just eliminate some of those mistakes, and, he'd be solid.
0: And the thing is, on fantasy points, uh, you know, it takes, if you get a touchdown, that's six, so it takes three interceptions to equalize that, because it's usually two on an interception, depending on uh, your league rules and everything. So, you know, He's, he's throwing four touchdowns a game now, yeah. you know, so he's overcoming that. And in 400 yards a game yeah, in the last it, couple of weeks. Yeah, and if, you, if your game is close, uh, he's going to overcome that. But uh, you're right, he needs to cut down on the interceptions, but he's throwing a ton of passes too. So his percentage isn't as high, but uh, it's still a little bit scary.
1: Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, Watson, he's playing well, but has, I'd say, fallen off, obviously, from his pace mm-hmm. in maybe the first third or first half of the season. Yeah. Um, but you know, here's some guys coming on. Like you said, Perryman is looking great, and uh, and I think Godwin, obviously, he's he's uh, you know had a fantastic game this past weekend. So now they've got a couple guys that uh, can stretch the field. So uh, I am I, almost ready to say the Buccaneers. I I believe would I should I would favor them in this game going in if things stood as they as they do right now.
0: Uh, Bills of Patriots, Josh Allen and John Brown, easy starts, and Devin Singletary is worth a flex, certainly. The Bills' D is also solid, coming off a win against the Steelers. The Patriots seem to have likened themselves to James White, and I still like uh, uh, Nikhil Harry. He's getting more in red zone looks now, plus he's a solid dynasty player, too. Yep,
1: and they're they're find, he's another guy, along with James White, that they're finding ways uh, to get the ball to. They're finding more ways. Mm-hmm. So they gave him an in-around this past weekend. Um, and he's obviously a big threat in the red zone. He's a big-body guy. Um, As you look across at the Bills, they all of a sudden have, over the course of this season, and I would say, especially in the last maybe three or four weeks, where Josh Allen's really settling and making great decisions, has become a dynamic runner with the football when he escapes the pocket, and I think defensively they're solid. So I think the Bills, as a team, are asleep or going into the playoffs. That uh, when this thing is the after these next two weeks, I could see them having two more wins.
0: Yeah, easily. Uh, Rams at 49ers Look for the Niners to bounce back against the Rams, who are just about dead in the water. Although Sean McVay seems devoted to, to keep his key players in, so Goff is good and Gurley as well, if not touchdown dependent. Uh, Niners, the receivers are due to bounce back, so I'm good on Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel's as well as Kittle. Uh, Garoppolo should be there for you, and I like Mozart over Coleman, but uh, both may be limited to flexible
1: options. Yeah, and, I, and Coleman came in, and to me, again, uh, even though it was a, a few carries, looked explosive on a couple of them, and uh, I think the 49ers, as you said, the receivers, they're just such a dynamic offense, and just offense and defense. I think Kyle Shanahan is doing a fantastic job of balancing their offensive production between a number of key players, and they certainly have a lot of depth, so I... Uh, I like the 49ers in this game. In fact, they're at home. I like them to win this game against the Rams.
0: Bengals and Dolphins, (laughs) pick them or not. Fitzpatrick, yes. Uh, Mixon, yes. The rest, uh-uh. Next. Steelers at Jets. I like Washington and Johnson on the Steeler offense, despite the fact that Duck will start again this week as Tomlin has announced. But that's it, and I love the Steelers defense. For the Jets, the question is: Will Le'Veon Bell feel compelled to show Pittsburgh what it lost, or will the Steeler defense cherish a shot at Le'Veon? Uh, the only other Jet I'd consider is Crowder at this point.
1: The other Jet I would consider would be Robbie Anderson because he's he there. has
0: been taken off lately.
1: Yeah, he's there down the field. Not only they're down the field threat, but he's gotten involved more in the in other ways as well. So. I think he's, even in the red zone, becoming uh, a more of an option there. And I'm not uh, – Darnold doesn't really do it for me yet this year and probably won't before the end of next year or before the beginning of next year. So I would stay away from him. And uh, obviously the Steelers offensively look in disarray. Yeah, they do. But against the Jets, this could be a good revival game for them. They,
0: they need this game too. Uh, they need uh, – if, if they win this game and they beat the – uh, Ravens who probably won't start all their
1: potentially their, their, potentially yeah and, they might know. have home field locked up by then maybe not
0: yeah and, and if they don't uh, then it's a different story but if they do I I think they'll sit some key players at least you know maybe after starting them for a quarter or so I, and uh, so the Steelers need to win this game so I think that it's going to be a, a little bit better game or should be a lot better game than the last one and uh, then the big game uh, will will be against the Ravens so we'll see how this all goes. Uh, Giants at Redskins, another downer game. McLaurin has a good game, uh, had one last week, as Haskins seems to have found some rhythm, and Shepard and Slayton, Slayton uh, should rebound with good games, no matter who is a quarterback, but it's uh, likely to be Eli, too.
1: Well, I, I based on these last couple of weeks, have, I've fallen in love with what Slayton can do. Now yeah. He just looks like an explosive receiver. Uh, once you get the ball in his hands, if he's behind anybody, they're not catching him. And Shepard, obviously, is, is a crafty guy uh, in the slot. And, uh, you know, Eli has looked good the last couple of weeks. There's no getting away from that. Uh, I I think this is a game that, even though it really means nothing in the big scheme of things, I think should Eli play, it will mean a lot for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think the Giants are probably most likely going to win this game.
0: Is he done... Is, is he going to retire at the end of this year? Do you think he's going to stick around or somebody's going to pick him up?
1: I don't know. That's a hard thing to figure out. It certainly seemed like a, a, a send-off they had for mm-hmm. him. Maybe it, him, it looked like it was going to be maybe his last Giant game yeah. in the Meadowlands. Um, but uh, maybe as a Giant it will be. I don't think he'll retire because I, I he, to me he still looks like a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it might end up in Denver. <laughs> right? One manning after another
0: Panthers at Colts McCaffrey is a must and D.J. Moore is worth a look at. So is Curtis Samuel who Had four rushes to go with his eight targets Drew Brees destroyed the Colts this week I gotta believe against the Panthers Both Pascal and Hilton are placed this week Not sold on Brissett, however, or Mack
1: Although I will say I think this could be a big rebound game and a likely one for the Colts, Ambrosett really? in their offense sure because this is the Panthers are down right now. They're in disarray. They don't even, you know, they've named Will Greer as now going to be their third quarterback that's going to start this year. And uh, my question is what's going to happen with Cam Newton? And I I remember in 92 when I was with the Lions, we played uh, the 49ers on the last I think it was a Monday night game, last Monday night game of the season. And uh, uh, this is a year I think Steve Young won the league MVP, Mm -hmm. either him or uh, Brett Favre. But Young had a great season, and it was the year that Montana did not play due to an elbow injury that had occurred the year before. He comes back and plays in the second half of that year, that game that we played, looked great. And threw a couple of touchdown passes after the season – They then trade him to the Chiefs, where he goes and finishes a couple years in Kansas City. If the Panthers want to get something for Cam Newton, even though they're playing Will Greer this weekend, at some point you got to figure they're going to play Cam Newton to finish the season at least, Mm -hmm. to maybe say to some team out there, Show him off. Yeah, yeah, he's still got something left, because the last time Cam Newton played this year was in Week 2. Right.
0: Ravens at Browns, Ravens to roll again, and who's going to stop Lamar Jackson? Ingram, Andrews, Marquise Brown, and the defense. Uh, Chubb seems to be getting uh, more touches, so we're good with him. I really don't even like the receivers in this game, none of them. Possibly Landry, but with the Ravens' D, I'm not recommending anyone here.
1: Yeah, Lamar Jackson, I think, is such a a great story this year because it's not like he comes out of every game and throws for 500 yards and five touchdowns. I don't even think he had 200 yards passing. But he had five touchdowns. So every time he touches the ball, whether it's running or passing, something very dynamic happens. And as you said, the Browns are not the team I don't think that's going to stop him or the Ravens offense. So it's probably likely the Ravens are going to, once again, win this game and win it in a fashion that looks dominant. Um, I don't see the Browns defensively doing much to stop that. What has stood out for me for the Browns is the play of Nick Chubb. And the way he's running the ball this year, he's got eight touchdowns. He's got, what, 1,300, 1,400 yards. He's not much uh, as a receiver, but running the ball, this is a hard guy. He runs with great vision and a very hard guy to knock off balance. So he gets a lot of yards after contact. He sees the lane. He hits the hole. And I think he's the best weapon, the, the Browns, and the most consistent weapon the Browns have on offense this year.
0: You know, back to the Ravens, you know, if uh, I believe if they – win this game, they're locked for home field advantage through the playoffs. And, of course, that means they can rest those guys that they need to rest the following week. So uh, I think you're right. I think this is a super dynamic game for the Ravens. I think they win it big. And I just see Cleveland being such a disarray at this point that uh, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. Uh, Jaguars at Falcons. Julio Jones had 20 targets, so we're solid there, along with uh, Ryan, and I still like Gage. Minshew had a decent game, but I'm still not sold. Uh, But Fournette's still making people miss, and uh, uh, Cole is a wide out to keep an eye on, along with Chris Conley.
1: And as I've said all year, I think Chris Conley is their best uh, receiving threat and has been all year with the Jaguars. Um, It doesn't seem to matter who else jumps in the mix there. One week it might be Keelan Cole, one week it might be Dita Westbrook, but there's nobody that goes along with Chris Conley as consistently, at least as him. Fournette, I think um, for him to be as productive, I think in this game the Falcons have a pretty good defense. They had a good game last week against the 49ers. Fournette, I think, needs a passing game around him to spread the field so that he can start you know, picking some lanes to right. run in. Which this weekend there were no lanes against the Raiders. So I, I think, uh, you know, Fournette for me would be probably unless I unless he was my only number one running back, I would probably sit him this week.
0: Saints and Titans. Can you believe Drew Brees? Like we mentioned earlier, twenty nine to thirty, being an ex NFL quarterback. What do you say about <laughs> Drew Brees? I mean, you know, come on. What do you, what can you say about this guy? It's just phenomenal.
1: I think, uh, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Reich said it best after the game. He goes, look, what, what do we do to stop this guy? I don't know. What's anyone done to stop this guy? When he, when he gets in that sort of zone, there's, he does it to everybody. And as you said, he had one ball hit the ground. In, uh, in 30, yeah, that's not a term a I've
0: ever heard in football, but coming from you, it kind of makes sense.
1: <laughs> Let me just put it this way. That is hard to do in practice with no defense. Yeah. So to be doing it in an NFL game on a Monday night, throwing four touchdowns, and one of those touchdowns happens to be number four, 540 that breaks yeah. the record. Um, you know, I, He's a special guy, and obviously there's not many like him, and he's doing what he's doing now at age 40. Which is just unbelievable. You know, Sean Payton loves this guy. You know, you see him at,
0: at, at sidelines, especially after the game, they're hugging and everything. It's just like, they're, they're like a match made in
1: heaven. They are. And yeah. I I'm, I'm guarantee you that Sean Payton, an ex-quarterback himself, that also played in that strike season for the Bears, actually, uh, nobody's more impressed with, with Drew Brees, I think, than Sean Payton. And like every, all the other 50,000, 60,000 people in the stands, sometimes can't believe what he's seeing.
0: So you got Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara. They're all good to go. Cook seems back in action as well. Uh, Titans are still playing for a playoff spot. So we love Tannehill and Henry uh, still. Uh, A.J. Brown has put up at least 25 points in three of the last four games. So I think he's solid as well.
1: This could be one of the better games of the week. Maybe the best game because the Titans are playing fantastic. Tannehill and they're is, playing for a playoff spot. is on fire. They're playing for a playoff spot. Tannehill's playing for a contract mm-hmm. potentially next year for the Titans and trying to be their long-term quarterback. The Saints have everything to play for cuz they got to keep winning mm-hmm. to be in the in the first or second uh, seed playoff system. So, yeah, this could be a great game. And I think, uh, as everybody does, I think at this point, loves everybody associated on the Saints offense that's getting passes or handoffs from Drew Brees.
0: Raiders the Chargers. Uh, Raiders looking sad after playing their final home game in Oakland. On the outside, looking in. Keep an eye on uh, Josh Jacobs. The Chargers, pretty awful, but Jacobs might want to uh, catch some of the spotlight and take it away from Eckler and Gordon. So, if he's healthy, look for a strong game from him. I expect Carter to rebound. Uh, not much to like on the Chargers but Gordon and Eckler are worth playing
1: if you don't have better. I would say, just to back up there, Eckler, I think, is the guy to play. Gordon put two fumbles on the ground, one of them in his own red zone, lost them both, and just doesn't seem like, like, of the two, Eckler by far to me the most dynamic, versatile, oh yeah. and yeah, explosive I player. Um, I also like, on the Raiders' side, Darren Waller is the best guy on the field for the Raiders. He catches everything. He's impossible to cover. He's a dynamic down. They throw him the the long passes. They split them up up the field. If you're going to put a a short corner or safety on him, they're throwing him the ball. And uh, I I think Carr, all he needs is more consistent uh, pass protection. And he's a dynamic quarterback himself, also a good athlete. So I, I like the Raiders in this one. I think the Raiders get back on track. The Chargers, to me, at the end of the game last week just looked like I hate to use this term, but they just did not look interested in finishing the game. Yeah, uh, I, I got that, too. Uh,
0: Lions at Broncos. Lions decimated with injuries. They're down to recommending Danny Amendola, who, who was uh, targeted 13 times by David Blau, and running back Wes Hills, who had 10 carries. Uh, Galladay was only targeted seven times with three catches. Broncos looking about the same, and Fant is probably out this week as well. Uh, team in disarray going nowhere and playing out the strain with Drew Locke.
1: You know, you mentioned earlier that I I feel more of an attachment to Chicago, and I do, because they're the ones that sort of recruited me and made it feel like, hey, this is like college all over again. But the Lions I feel very bad for. I also feel very connected to a lot of the people that are still in their organization. And um, I just, you know, I hate to see their season going down as much as it is because they have a lot of good people tied up in there. They've got a lot of good players that are on the field. David Blau, I feel know bad for after having gotten off to such a good start once he became the starter has now you know succumbed to you know I think maybe feeling a pressure a little bit to perform also not getting the protection he was getting earlier on in the year and uh, the Broncos all of a sudden up until last week you know, had turned things around, and then they fell flat. So the fact that this game's being played in Denver, at least the Lions, I guess, in a way of looking at things positively, aren't playing at home. So I think this might be a good week for the Lions to turn it around.
0: Cardinals and Seahawks. Seahawks run the division now, and the Cardinals are trying to find a way. Carson, Metcalf, and Lockett are all solid, as is Wilson. For the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake won't get four touchdowns this week against Seattle, but he's worth playing, certainly. Murray, well, sure, why not? He's, uh, he'll get
1: volume. And I would say this. The Cardinals, after looking so good last week against the Browns, and the game that uh, you know, Kenyon Drake had, and to me he just, he, compared to David Johnson, looks more elusive. He hits the holes on time. He just looks more explosive carrying the ball in his hands and um, more motivated all at the same time. However, now that they're playing the Seahawks, I don't think they're going to get the production this week, and the Seahawks have a lot to play for, right now they're the number one seed in the NFC and I think they want to keep things that way so I think this is a great game for to be in fantasy football having Seahawks offensive players on your team there's no reason they're not going to want to I wouldn't say run up the score but they are a team that likes to be productive from the start, first play to the last play
0: Cowboys at Eagles. Cowboys all over the Eagles this week. That's as uh, if it's the same team which played the Rams. Uh, Zeke is in a zone now. Cooper will be solid, as will Dak. On well, the Eagles, Wentz is back, but not much else to recommend, uh, except I, I do list Sanders now as an RB1.
1: I agree with you. And Sanders, I think, is a dynamic running back. He's got speed. He shows up in all phases of their offense, uh, both running, receiving, catching screens out of the backfield, uh, and I think uh, the Cowboys, as you said, uh, I think have hit their stride. They had the game that everybody's been waiting for them to have this week, last week against the Rams, which is themselves a very good team. And I think now they're going to carry it forward, play the Eagles. They're going to be in Philadelphia. And I think that the Cowboys are not only going to win this game, but winning it, win it in a fashion that starts to propel them to get ready for the playoffs.
0: Chiefs at Bears, fun game of the week. It's all yours.
1: Okay, well, here we go. We start off with a matchup of the quarterbacks, and this is the game I think that Trubisky needs to come out and not necessarily feel like he's got to match Patrick Mahomes for play after play after play, because Mahomes is going to make some plays that Trubisky just doesn't make. And I think if what Trubisky's got to do is rely on his defense, uh, rely on a good, solid running game and make good decisions from the very first play to the very last play. And that's the one thing that hurt him last week against the Packers, is that he, in the middle of all that, made some questionable throws, had probably another, he had an interception, I think, or two, and could have had another one or two had the Packers not dropped him. So uh, I think the Chiefs uh, offensively have are a lot to contain, but the Bears do a great job defensively of containing and shutting down pretty good offenses. So I think the Bears are going to have a chance in this one as long as Trubisky makes good choices, especially throughout the first half, so that when they start the third quarter, they're not so far behind that the game's already over.
0: Well, I like Mahomes and Hardeman along with Kelsey. Hill's good for, I think, at least a flex as well. We said last week to start Watkins, and he did respond, 3 for 49. He'll have to do better this week, though. Anthony Miller seems right on after 9 catches and 118, and Robinson added 125 on 7. Even Cohen got into the act with 7 of 10 targets. Now, Montgomery is a, a flex at best this week for me, and Trubisky's a good start going up against Mahomes, as I think they'll do battle as rivals. But I'm, I'm on the same page as you as far as the Bears' defense is really going to have to step up in this one. And Kansas City's defense is going to have to be good. But I think more if um, the uh, Chiefs can control the ball more, I think, uh, and which they can, I think that's going to be the key to this game. If they can, you know, uh, hold the ball for a much longer time period to keep the ball away from um, – you know, the uh, the uh, Bears defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday night, uh, Packers and Vikings, another fun one this week. Uh, Rogers will do well, as that means, uh, so will Jimmy Graham and company. Uh, Aaron Jones is a solid start. Uh, Cousins is worth starting, and with Cook likely out, RB1 chores are going to fall to Mike Boone, who looked good, so I'd, I wouldn't have, have a problem starting him, uh, of course, uh, as well as Diggs.
1: Yeah, I... I- Honestly, after watching the Vikings completely dismantle the Chargers, especially in the second half, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to run up against a solid, a solid defense. And the Vikings, offensively, to me, Kirk Cousins, as I was watching that game against the Chargers, he looks to me like what I wish Trubisky would look like. Mm-hmm. He looks solid, athletic, he reads defense as well. He throws the ball confidently accurately he's a good enough athlete where he can make plays with his feet as well and he just looks like the guy that if I'm on the Vikings at any other position I've got confidence in what he's doing and for that reason I like the Vikings to win this game they're going to be at home the Packers right now have a, a very good record and are obviously likely going to win that division but I think the Vikings are going to win this game and uh, I think stay themselves in the playoff hunt
0: all right, there you have it, this week's Fantasy Football Podcast. I join us each week, uh, every upcoming Tuesday, for a look at the upcoming NFL games. You can find us on a radio.com mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website. Kramer and Brill.com, the podcasts are listed on the podcast page. You can find them by clicking at the top of the home page. Check it out, KramerandBrill.com. This po- uh, podcast is a property of Brill Productions, and any unauthorized use, such as uh, charging for its contents, is strictly prohibited. We do encourage you to share the podcast, however, for free. For Eric Kramer. I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast.